was that? Hello what? there. Kind of short-circuited for a second. And welcome to Babylon with the boys. I'm Karth Gervais. And yeah, I'm doing good. Life is good. Um, working on the weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual. <laughs> into too much Drake. Um, oh, dude, I you know, <laughs> I'm so like old and detached from my current generation that I thought you were referencing. Everybody's working for the weekend. Do 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 do. That oh. song was more front forward in my mind than the Drake song that you just said. Oh. So I, I'm I'm having a, a day. Um, been watching Buffy. Oh, good. Um, she's undead. Yes. Good. Yes. That's a good time. Wait, what? Are you like early in season six? I'm pretty early. Okay. So he I was I'm, like, I'm... Spike, don't tell anybody. But I was happy. Oh, yes. Okay. You saw that. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is very dramatic. And then I took a big break because I got deep in a downton. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Deep. Wait, season two? Season two. The war, um, baby. The war. The war's happening. Thomas yeah. is back at Downton being like, I'm going to be the manager of Downton, yes. Uh-huh. Austin's like, yes, mm-hmm. I don't really like you here, Thomas, but, you know, whatever. Carson? You do you Carson, think and I do mine, yes. Carson, not you, Carson, but other Carson from Downton, always talks like his nose is, like, pointed up. Like... <laughs> If you just yeah. hear his voice, you would assume he's just looking down at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's been good. But today, we're not talking down to... Hey, I have introduced myself. Oh, wait. Jump me off. Oh, I did. Spencer Fleming, Spencer Chef. And uh, I have a movie recommendation for everybody. I watched... It's not like a new movie, but I watched Love and Mercy for the first time. And it was really good. And if you don't know what it's about, it's about Brian Wilson, who was um, from the Beach Boys. And it's about kind of two points in his life. One point in where he's working on their most like critically acclaimed album, Pet Sounds. And um, a separate point in his life, and he's kind of middle-aged, and that takes place in like the 80s. And it's a very well-done movie. So go watch that if you haven't seen it. So, so in one part, he's like singing with the Beach Boys and stuff. And the other part, he's like, He's lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. (laughs) I feel kind of bad because that kind of probably makes fun of his... He probably had, like, depression or something because he's just sitting in bed all the time, but I don't know. Well, it it takes place, like, the 80s portion takes place after that, and it's kind of... Paul Giamatti is um, on a streak for playing shady people in the music industry. Um, and he plays this guy who's just like <laughs> taking advantage of the fact that this man clearly is like at a low point in his life and needs some like therapy and mental, you know, health help. And he's just taking advantage of that and essentially just feeding him pills. And so like he's like, ah, and like separating him from his family. Um, that way he can like control his money and then also get him to like produce music that's strictly for him so it's like a, it's but the weird thing is this really happened so it's like what 
Um, but a very interesting film and everyone should see it. Anyways. Where is it? Where did you find this movie? Where did I find it? Um, I don't know. I've been really into the Beatles this week and there's this channel that talks about the Beatles and then they're like, oh, like my favorite like biopic film or something like that. And I was like, oh, and then I looked at it. I was like, oh, I've seen my dad watching this, but I never watched it. And then I pressed play and I was like, oh, this is really good. It's not on any streaming or anything like that? You had to... Um, I don't think so, but I also didn't check everywhere. Um, I have the DVD, so... You have the DVD? Are we going to have to do a little tape swapping here? Oh, maybe so. Maybe. You give, you give me my... The, the love and mercy, and I'll give you some like city slickers or something like oh that. i thought this was going a different way you give me some love and mercy now i'll give you some love and okay yeah no uh yes yeah we'll do we'll do a swibbity swap we'll do a swibbity swap yeah. um but anyways like you were saying today we are talking about today we are talking about like movies that you buy on dvd these are movies they have to watch over and over again these are movies that you gotta watch more than once to comprehend the genius that is happening on screen. This isn't those Marvel films that you're like, oh, watch one, and you're like, oh, I get it. It's like part of the story, and you know, I remember, and they give little hints back to what's happened. In you're breaking Blade up Marvel so, so soon after my breakdown? Well, this is why you want to do this, is because you're like, I want to take a break from that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mainstream fancy footwork stuff. Although most yeah. of the films that I did are are known by the mainstream. Well, same as mine. Like they're I wouldn't say like they're all, you know, big blockbusters, but most people know them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so let's do it, baby. Let's, let's do it. Get wrought into the list. All right, to decide who's going to go first, we're going to flip a coin here. I got yes, this 10 cent coin from from Aussie land, Australia. Still got the queen on it because you know, Commonwealth stuff. But, <laughs> um, cue the down snappy thing. Uh, yes, or the crown theme if you want. Mm-hmm. Okay, but okay, you know what my dad said. What'd your the dad crown, say? The crown theme song sounds like the theme song from Inception. And now I can't unhear that. I don't even remember what the crown theme song is. Think it's Inception, but like a little more royal. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling it a little bit. I'm feeling it. All right. Ready to flip the coin? Are you doing heads or heads or heads or number? Heads or tails? Heads or numbers? Um, heads or... They kind of look like tentacles. Heads or tentacles? Um, well, now that you say that, I think I'm going with tentacles. It was heads. I feel like you've won every coin toss for the past month. Well... It doesn't really matter who goes first and who goes second. So it's like, I know, but I like to You get the last laugh, my dude. This is true, but 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 do I? 
I don't know. Um, my first Pause. pick, my number yep. five on my list. Let me just pull up my list just so I don't make a mistake. Um, uh, yeah. Is the one kind of unknown film on my list. Yeah. Like a little bit less known than most of the other films on here. It's done by a fantastic director who is kind of known for making films that you need to watch more than once. Although I have yet to get the time to really watch a lot of his films more than once. Like I haven't even watched this one more than once. Although yeah. I've watched a lot of essays on it. I've watched a lot of video essays. I've watched a lot of um, different dice, like dissections and analyzation of this film, analysis of this film. Right. Um, and this film is by Denis Villeneuve. And it is- Ah, yes. What, sorry? And you cut out. Oh, okay. Um, this yeah. is a, oh wait, dude, we need to explain how our top fives work. Oh, you, you explain now. All right. Hold the phone there, honeys and gents. If you're new to this channel, I don't know why I'm turning into the <laughs> DNA strand. Um, but yeah, no. What you need to do is watch our other, you know, top fives. If you haven't, if this is your first one, watch some more because it's fun. But what? Like our top fives, you need to watch them probably even more than once to truly get exactly that's what i'm yeah. saying rack up our view count is what i'm getting at what if you're new and you don't know how our our top fives work um we go down from five to one we go back and forth um if carson's number five let's say is my number four or three or something like that then i'll say check and we'll talk about that movie when it's on my list and if it's not on my list then i say zoink um and that's a zoink because i haven't seen enemy yet so it's a very interesting film okay it's kind of about these like twins i like kind of or are they twins do they just look the exact same are they from the same like mother or same parents you don't what are you doing step bro it's kind of really, it's kind of a movie that's less about like what is actually happening and more of maybe like the, the metaphors for what's happening, you know? Ah, okay. So you kind of take it at maybe face value first time if you don't know what kind of movie you're going into. Yeah. And then you have to kind of be like, especially with the ending, you have to be like, it's one of the most abrupt and frightening and kind of like plot twisty endings you've ever Wait, seen. Is this the ending with, I don't want to spoil it, but I think I know how this movie ends. Mm -hmm. Is this the ending with the, again, I'm not, I'm going to not say it, but I'm looking at you and I'm trying to use, like, I'm using my mind power to send you what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, See, I, I literally, I saw my mom watching this movie and I walked in at that part and then I was confused and she was just as confused as me. And I was like, but you watched the whole movie. And she was like, yeah, I did. Uh -huh. I don't know. I don't know what uh, this took me off. It's a off fat off. double dose of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. 
which I will take any day of the week. This is true. Um, and he does a great performance. And the film is actually quite calm. It's like Denis Villeneuve's other films where it kind of takes its time, like Blade Runner 2049, like um, Arrival is kind of a little bit more fast-paced, but like it truly leaves you time to actually think about what's going on. Yeah. Um, let me just double check everything I'm seeing as I bring it up here. It was me. It was 2013. Um, good year. Good year. Good year. Denis Villeneuve um, directed. Yes, that's true. Um, it kind of has this like weird, like yellow tones to it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It kind of feels very dirty. Ooh. And I, it's quite good. Quite a good okay. film. It's quite a deep film. And it's quite a film that you will be talking about a lot after watching. So I'd so recommend it. Saying, okay, so what you're saying is the reason you're recommending seeing it twice is because the first time, if you don't know what you're like watching, you will just take it for what it is. But on a second viewing, it will enhance your understanding, thus your experience. Definitely. I feel like you watch it once and you're like, what is, what was that film? And then you can go and like research and talk about, talk to people and kind of like be like, okay, that might be what it's about. And maybe go in with a different viewpoint. Yeah. And kind of see if it fits in the film. Right. Um, yeah, you have to bring. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have to bring a lens to it to kind of understand it. You have to bring. Okay. A, yeah. A, yeah, it's hard to understand on a first viewing, unless you yeah. know of the film and know right. the plot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know the plot. I just know how it ends. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But yeah, good film. Great film, I'd say, actually. And one of Denis Villeneuve's best. And I love Denis Villeneuve. Like, one of his early films that was made, like, um, I think it's like half in French, half in Farsi, is um, In Cindy's. Mm, yeah. Great film. Hard film to watch, but a great film. One of his early ones. And yeah, Very good, his whole yeah. catalog have been great films, so I'm really excited for Dune. Yeah, that that man has bangers. Mm-hmm. So street, I pass it over to you, Spencer Fleming. Uh, yeah, my number five pick is uh, is it's, uh, it's a little Ridley Scott extravaganza, my guy. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the first Blade Runner movie, and yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing it's his only. Yeah. Um, I picked this one because what what was that? Why are you, you guessing it's his oink? Why why did you not think I Oh, I just didn't own? think I just didn't think you were gonna put this on your list. I don't know. I just something I I've been doing this with you for a year now. I know how your lists usually go. I have like a prediction. Mm-hmm. I have a prediction every time we get into it of how 
your list is going to go. Um, I didn't ex- I didn't anticipate this being on it, and lo and behold, it's not magic, man. Because I'm right. Um, yeah, no. Uh, this one I like um, a lot, obviously, because it's a good movie. But it's more fun almost on a second viewing because without spoiling, I won't spoil the movie for you if you haven't seen it. But there's elements of the plot that are directly tied into kind of what it means, you know, to be human kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that kind of thing in mind, when you go back for a second viewing, it adds like a whole nother layer to like these scenes that were just scenes the first time. That's true. It adds like a whole nother, mm, mm, oh, there you go. Oh, okay, tasteful. Um, yeah, no, it's like a really good movie. And it's one of those movies that I saw probably like at a weird time. Um, I saw it, it, it was like, almost like it was Blade Runner outside of my house while I was watching it. Like, it was just like drizzling rain, right? And I watched it like one o'clock in the morning with my window open, the rain was like pouring and it's like street light across from my house. It's like kind of like flickering on and off. And it was like, I feel like I'm in play. The whole thing just created this like atmosphere and I just got really engulfed. I'm not saying that's going to be your experience, but mm-hmm. that little like thing just added so much to the experience that I was like, I, 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 need, to, I need to watch this again. So it prompted the second viewing, which is when I was like, oh, this is like, this works even better on the second viewing because it adds so many, so much more layers. It's not necessarily about like, oh, I wonder like what the twist is going to be or like solving the mystery of it. Again, I'm not going to spoil what it is, but it's more about like, once you know what that is, you kind of just accept the journey and then the journey informs you on its theme. It's very cool. It's a very cool second watch. Um, um, I really like Blade Runner also. I think it's a great film. Yeah. Um, it is, I don't think you... I didn't really feel the need to watch it twice. That's why I didn't put it on here. Like it wasn't mm. like one of those ones where I like I need to go back and like dissect because it kind of feels it's a very interesting film because it feels like it both has a twist and doesn't. Yeah. Because, because the twist is almost like what you expect. Like I don't know how to it's almost not, like the, not I wouldn't say that, but it's almost like because there's so many cuts of it. Oh, that's true. There, in each one, it kind of like makes the twist more obvious and less yeah. obvious and less even there. It's not yeah. because they don't really be like they don't give you facts. They don't give you no. facts in this film. No, it's one of those really. Yeah, it's kind of like an unreliable narrator almost kind of thing. And you know it's you know it's convoluted when <laughs> the the star of your movie and the director don't agree with what the ending means. Like Harrison Ford and Ridley Scott think the ending means two different things. And they were both one's the director and one's the lead actor of the movie. So at that point, like there you go. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's um... it's one of those. And I think Blade Runner 2049 did a really good job, not to get back to Denis Villeneuve, did a really good job of continuing that ambiguity and not being like, yeah. oh, here's straight facts. Straight facts, bro. Ah, facts, bro. 
Yeah, no. What's funny is I picked this and you picked a Denis Villeneuve movie. So it's like, ah, they go together. It's all, look at us. Ah, ah. Um, all this on my slice, I got my goo. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Um, I've been watching a lot of Sopranos lately. Leave me alone. I binged like the entire second season in the course of two days. It wasn't healthy. Um, it's good, bro. It's good. I know everyone said it was good, but it's good. Um, one more thing about Blade Runner is yeah, as you're talking about being like sucked into the world of the film, I think all of um all of Ridley Scott's films, especially his um sci-fi films, do a really good job of painting the future and kind of this like interesting light, like painting not having it be like that, um everything glossy, everything like beautiful and clean. It kind of gives like an underbelly of a future. Yeah. Like, um, with like the the um I think I think it's LA, right? The the city of the film? I think it's LA. I think so. I think and so. There's like a like that kind of opening sequence where it's like the the um food carts all yeah. the and, and like the steam the, coming off of everything the steam and the like illuminated umbrellas and like the yeah the everybody can speak all these languages because it's so like everything everything's become so international everything's become so intertwined and i think yeah. that's something that um is definitely going to happen more and more as we become as the future like we're there's going to be less borders should i say oh for sure um they predict that like between like 100 and 200 years from now that like no one will be just like one race like everyone will be like a, a giant mixture mm -hmm. exactly. um and some of us may be robots um yeah. but there you go but yeah no this movie is like it's really it's a really fun watch the first and the second time i like watching it both times but um i would say when you go into it first okay what side note this is completely random but uh that game cyberpunk uh, was it like 2079 or whatever mm -hmm. yeah they uh they stole this this movie's aesthetic <laughs> yeah every this is like everyone's like go-to like dystopian future look now with the neon lights and the the smoke and even like the soundtrack the synth the synth soundtrack like this is kind of what everyone's version of the future is, even though this movie came out almost forty years ago. Yeah, I you know, that, yeah. This is kind of like what, and it's cool to see. Like this is what they thought forty years ago the future would look like, mm -hmm. and I like the fact that Blade Runner twenty forty nine isn't doesn't even like try to like oh we'll just we'll have to set this one even further into the future for it to make sense. They were just like ah screw it like whatever yeah. it's fiction. Um. um and like the the garbage, you can feel the you feel the garbage piling up. Yeah, it feels like the, the another the, another thing I'm pretty sure took inspiration from this is like the the production design of Joker. You know how like Gotham just feels like oh, no. I feel like they, yeah, I feel like they looked at this movie. Um, and I f I feel like the great kind of production design comes from. Ridley Scott's beginning being from he was a production designer before he became a director. Yeah. That kind of beginnings of that made his films focus on that a little bit. He yeah. 
had a good vision of what he wanted the set to look like, I feel. Yeah, he, I, th- I feel like every director who has like a, you know, a, a kind of niche or like specialty skill, it always helps the film because it, that skill, you also know how to tell a story with that. And in this case, he knows how to tell a story with production design. So it gives more clear direction to like whoever the production designer is. Cause he's like, well, I want some, you know what I mean? So it becomes more specific and focused. And then you get something that looks like that. Like, I don't know whose idea the like steam and like constant like fog was, but it's so cool. It's such a cool like visual effect. You know, like when shit's going down and people are like disappearing in the fog, it's really cool. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. Should we get to our number four? Number four. All right. Number four. Yeah. Number four is one that like, for me at least, where like, you didn't, you didn't have to watch it twice to fully understand it. Mm-hmm. But damn, did you want to watch it twice? Oh, okay. You, wanna, you could watch it like I can watch this like start finish, and then like watch it right after again. Right after, yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's mm-hmm. one of like I feel like it's the general population being like this. Like, if you love film, if you not that in the film if you just like turn it on a movie and absorbing it this is the downright probably best and it is shawshank redemption ah, ah okay tim That's- robbins morgan freeman this is only for me by the way but it's a good movie it is it is frank darabont who, uh, what, like, wh- how, how is this director not had like made the best movies of all time? My God! Well, he made this one. He made the Green you, Mile. Well, yeah, yeah. Which has a very similar feel. But like, what were you gonna say? I was well. I was gonna say first of all, you chin stop my boy Clancy Brown, um, and <laughs> who plays the. Uh, the asshole like guard um clancy brown clancy brown baby aka the animated universe's lex luther so fun facts um yeah but yeah no like this the green mile in this movie feel like almost like sister films well they both are prison films yeah yeah i mean they're about different things but it's you know like you could kind of watch like you know when they used to sell those like double feature dvds Mm -hmm. you know like you could do that with these two i feel like yeah i i I feel like you could do that okay the reason why i think you should watch this twice it's not just because it's the best film and that every scene feels perfect feels like it's the perfect length every scene i in this film has magic straight up magic but there's also kind of a uh looking back on it as well where um because at a thing happens at the end 
Not sure who hasn't seen this film. If you haven't, what are you doing with your life? What? Stop this. Stop listening right now. No, don't, don't, don't encourage that. Go no. watch this film. Come back. No. Come back here. No, like seriously, watch this film. Like right after you're done, I don't care if you're like on your way to work, turn around. Turn around, call in sick today and watch this film. Uh, your boss will understand. Yeah. I, I can't come in. What are you talking about? Say 20, get your ass down to work. I, I can't come in, boss. I can't come in. Why not? I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption, boss. Listen to me, you sucker. You're going to get on the line. You're going to hang up this goddamn phone. You're going to go watch Shawshank Redemption. Quick. Yeah. Instant. You can say that. You can say that. And then the next day, I, I can't come in, boss. Why? What the hell's going on? It's 827. Get your ass in the desk. No, 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 boss. I can't watch it. Why? I, I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption twice. You son of a bitch! You're gonna go home. You're gonna watch that movie twice. You're gonna talk. You're gonna watch three times. Good match. God damn! Hangs up the phone. Am I right or am I right? You are very right. This film, um, the the reason that you gotta maybe watch what watch it twice is because, spoiler alerts, Andy Dufresne, the main character played by Tim Robbins, um, escapes at the end. Bruce Shaw. Goes off to Mexico, and <laughs> Mexico, and is repairing a bow on the, and looking out the blue sea, um, and it's interesting with the lens of like, why he because Red, who um is played by Morgan Freeman, who is the narrator, who is the kind of guy that can get you things in jail, gets him this little soap, like raw soap hammer. Soapstone hammer? Yeah. Wool hammer for soapstones. And he ends up like chipping his way to freedom with this little thing. And you kind of look back and realize when he first got it and the progress, like how he oh. had that hope a little bit. And you have that in mind of what he's actually doing. Yeah. Behind the scenes. And you have a little bit of a different way of looking at the film and looking at his character and looking at the certain moments. Right. But it still hits just as hard. This is one yeah. of the most rewatchable films of all time. Yeah, it's true. It's also probably in my like top three. I can see that. Okay, do you want to be mad at me? I have I but one complaint about this film. What's that? It's what? small and insignificant, but it bothered me a little bit. So, what is it? Andy's character, um, by the time he leaves the film, mm-hmm. right, is is technically the age, like around the age that Morgan Freeman was at the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yet he looks the same, and so does Morgan Freeman. Small, stupid thing, but it just bothers me sometimes. He gets a little gray. He gets a little gray, but dude, like 20 years has passed. He's probably like in his late 20s at that point. But he should like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe I'm a nitpicker. It doesn't, it didn't ruin the film for me or anything like that. It's still an amazing film. But I remember when I first watched it, I was like, but, 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 but Morgan Freeman should be like in his 60s. And he just looks like he did the beginning of the movie. He, okay. He's Morgan Freeman. 
he he is literally gonna look the same like when he's 80 than at the same time he's 20 like go and watch unforgiven and then go and watch now you see me he looks the same he looks that, yeah that's true that's true. um but anyway great film uh you know who else has kind of looked the same for like the last 30 years who michael kane michael kane yeah yeah you look at I, I think when you look old young you just look young when you're old you know what i mean like if you have kind of older features when you're younger when you're old it's just like yeah 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 that's what you look like yeah it looks the same definitely it's not yeah. like who has really changed as they aged bruce willis bruce willis looks quite different like from like Die Hard one to the last one. Yeah. I mean, he's bald now. Yeah, bald now. He looks pretty different. Sylvester Stallone, mainly because he got some work done. That and work done and that's combined with steroid use, I think, it just kind of. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke is the big. Oh, one. he went. He he looks crazy. Yeah, he went quite different. Um, but anyway. Spencer, what is your number four? Uh, mine is okay. My movies are gonna get more confusing as we get down the line here. Okay, yeah. You're, but I'm 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 warming you guys up. The first two are pretty acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my number four is Inception. Inception's a fun one. The you should watch two times because it's. Are you gonna say check? No, Zoink. Oh, okay, okay. You were looking at me like. I was like, okay. Um, yeah, no. Inception is uh, Christopher Nolan, or as we mm. like to call him, Christopher Colin. Christopher Colin. That's a callback to an episode that uh, you may or may not have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Christopher Colin, our old buddy boy here, um, he likes. What, what what's what's the word for it? Like puzzle, puzzle box plots. He he likes to he likes to have his movies be like very confusing. A lot of his movies you have to watch twice. See a lot of his, and it's not because it's like I find like oh if you watch it once it's impossible to grasp. It's more like. There's a lot, like in all of his like plot heavy mm-hmm. kind of, ooh, you know, I'm Christopher Nolan movies, which is not a diss, like good for you, bro. Probably the only um, blockbuster director that's making um, like actual original fresh ideas. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, with this one in particular, it's like, it's not so crazy to grasp because it's explained. It, like, it's not like, you know, Memento where you don't really understand what the hell is going on at the final shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more so just that everything is thrown at you so fast that it's nice to watch it for a second time to kind of like clean up the, the stuff that you didn't get over the first time, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's, you don't have Downey the Quick or Pick Rubber, right? You have like a a no-name brand paper towel, okay? And this thing, it picks up most of it, but it leaves some residue. You need to go back in and scrape up a little more. And 
Yeah, I feel like with all of Chris Nolan's films, save for a few, save for his earlier films, actually. If you're watching in the theater, you keep being like, can I, can I like rewind to hear what he's, why is, why is this dialogue so much quieter than the music? What is going on here? Why is the action scene just like the loudest thing? And like when it gets to dialogue, you, I'm in a movie theater. And I can't hear what they're saying. Yeah, no. Okay. That's why watch it once in the theater. Then when it's out on like DVD or like, I don't know, on Netflix or something, then you watch it again with subtitles. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there you go. When I saw Tenet with subtitles, I was like, yo, <laughs> what? this is, thank you. Something Tenet's threw me a bone here. Tenet's the I don't worst know what there was legitimate parts in the theater where I don't know why, but for some reason, like my friend found this hilarious, but I was so like trying to understand what was going on because everything's being thrown at you. And then there's like this really muddy mixing. I I started yelling, what? Like, <laughs> like thinking the characters were going to like respond. Oh, I said, no. But I was like, what? What are you saying? What? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Um. Yeah, the entire, the entire, like, boat racing scene, I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, but, yeah, I, no. I think I might just, for the next Christopher Nolan film, I might just tell the the movie theater that, that, that I'm deaf. Uh-huh. And Dude, they'll give me the little thing that, like, yeah, the, the red subtitles. Thing. Yeah, no, we'll both do it. We'll just we'll go, oh, it. yeah. Yeah, we, we're... We, we should learn how to sign everything we need to sign to get into a movie theater just for that you know mm -hmm. just for that because honestly it will help you the, the funny thing is that little machine probably doesn't even know what's going on yeah. it probably just it's gonna answer the dialogue like question marks just I, I, <laughs> um, yeah. the machine may break um apparently the bullet goes backwards what yeah oh. the, the machine goes ah, backwards and then just like explodes yeah, no. Uh, or this message will self-destruct in T minus five seconds. There you go. Um, but on, back on the inception. Yeah, no. So partially I'm picking it because um, it helps with this movie on the second viewing to kind of like, oh yeah, I, I missed some of that. But also because the ending is so cathartic that it's it, you want to watch it again. Like the ending of Inception is is really well done. Like the, oh, the yeah. music, the Hans Zimmer score is just going. The horns coming in there. And then, I don't know, for some reason, people were like, thought the top. Oh, should I spoil that? Should I not spoil it? It is Inception. You probably could spoil it. All right. Spoilers for Inception, um, which is a movie I didn't see till like later, anyways. So I get it if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, yeah skip skip like a, a minute i'm not going to talk long about it but yeah no the little top thing at the end for some reason that's like why people say you have to watch this again was anyone else confused like i knew no we weren't in the dream like i i don't know why that like threw so many people off no the whole thing is that you may still be in the dream yeah but he's not like do you know why he's not well it's it's the wedding it's the wedding ring thing that's a theory yes yeah but it lines up mm -hmm. and the top like doesn't it, it wavers a little bit 
mm-hmm. before it cuts. So anyway, Adam, but I, it wavers I, I a little bit. That's the beauty of of cinema. But I think the point of that whole thing is saying like, what really is the difference between living in life and living in a dream, other than like the label of it? Like, there's no way to tell that your dreams are any less real than what we are doing now. We just have decided that it is. Um, there you go. Which is a cool thought. Anyways, okay, that's it. Spoilers. Boop, pop, boop. It's over. Yeah. Um, it's not the point, Spencer. Yeah. It's not the point. Whether or not, <laughs> it's not the point. Whether or not is is not the question. But yeah, no, this is a good, a fun, fun movie to watch two times. Um, a one for the catharsis. B for the fact that you will miss things the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, because the it's like the plot's being just like snapped at you breakneck speed, you know. Like you're just like moving along, plot, 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 exposition, plot, 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 plot. Then you're like, wait, what? Why am I being shown like a, a paradox staircase? Why? And then in the movie, you're like, oh, that's why I'm being shown a paradox staircase. It, uh, it, it, it works itself out. It's really well constructed. It's right before, yeah. it's one of my favorite Christopher Nolan films. For because sure. Because yeah. it's right before, like, gets a little bit too heady. And it's <laughs> was Interstellar too heady? It was a little bit too heady, but also had good heart. I also yeah. apparently you have to watch it four times to like it, and I've haven't yeah. watched it four times. I'm not I'm not gonna watch Interstellar four times. Um, I think I need to get what I need to get out of that movie. But like Tenant definitely got too heady, too like just see less. There wasn't like there wasn't enough emotion to it. There's a lot of emotion in, in Inception for you to grasp onto. Oh, for sure. But you see, I think that was the point of Tenet. Like, I think Tenet's existence was an experiment. Like, it was like, how, how you know, much can I make an audience care with giving them almost nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, like, how can I still make a, a compelling film? And the answer is, uh, <laughs> but with Inception, it, it gets heady, but you actually care about, like, the characters in the movie. Like, the it's it's a tragic story so you know and I, not every character is, is like given this crazy you know amount of fleshed out detail but the main character at the very least like you you want to see him succeed so that's good intending is just like I, I don't know who any of these people are it gets kind of like there's like a little friend thing at the end when the oh spoilers I, I won't say anymore but there's like a little thing with Robbie Pat, where you're like, oh, that's nice. But by that point, you've already sat through like two hours of the movie. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I need to watch Tenant again. <laughs> right. Ah, what I thought. Okay. What I thought. I, I had to double check my list that I had written down because we're getting very, very heady and my heady is hurting. Your um, heady is hurting? My head is hurting. Um, mm. Number three on the top five. You got to watch twice. Um, it's an oldie but a goodie. Oh, yeah. It's Vertigo. Oh, this Alfred is a doink. Wait, honestly, I'm regretting not putting it on the list. Alfred Hitchcock. Jimmy Stewart. Who else is in this film? Jimmy. 
who else is in this film? The female actress in it is really freaking good. And I feel bad for forgetting her name. Kim Novak. Kim Novak is wonderful. I forgive you. It's not like this movie is in our generation. <laughs> um, I forgive you. Tom Helmore, Barbara Bell, Barbara Bell Geddes. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by the great Alfred Hitchcock. Came out in 1958. Good year. Um, well, not maybe for my people, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, this is a great film. This is it a is fantastic good. film. Um, I've kind of spoken about how I feel about Hitchcock on this on this film. On this, it was a refresher. On, on this, this on this battle with on this podcast, and I repeat those. He is an asshole. <laughs> um, but he did make great films, like Vertigo. Is ahead of its time it is the like christopher nolan film before christopher nolan films were a thing this is like oh you know what it reminds me of for some reason what prestige yeah it could definitely remind you of prestige it's like this yeah weird twisty plot it's kind of creepy because like Uh jimmy stewart's being a little bit of a creep his friend his friend from from college um, comes back and he's like, hits him up and he's like, "Yo, you're a detective," although you <laughs> been not being a detective because he had vertigo and there was an accident and stuff. The, the class, um, the classic. I'm out of the game, buddy. I, I don't do this anymore. After that guy fell, and I also I love how vertigo's represented in the movie. It's like like the camera like zooms in and out. It's very. It's very old Hollywood, and I, I oh, yeah. can't help but get a little kick out of it anytime I see it's it. It's so great. Um, but his friend is like, my wife is possessed. Follow her around, and you'll see. Yeah. And he, like, follows her around, and then, like, she falls into a lake, and then there's, like, this really awkward scene that my girlfriend really didn't like. Um I didn't know. Uh, there's a lot of awkward scenes that a girlfriend would have liked in this girlfriend movie. Would awkward be like, I don't like this movie. I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I don't like it either, but I'm like, yeah. I was more focused on the, I, it kind of flew over my head. Um, yeah, no, I have, a, I have a female friend who like didn't want to watch the movie after some of these scenes. And I was like, I was like, no, I promise it, it, it's good. Just like keep in mind that this is written by kind of a chauvinistic asshole. And um, it also uh, came out in a time period when this was acceptable. So yeah, back to the movie. <laughs> back to the movie, but um, the the twist of it is so like interesting. Oh yeah. And so like, wait a second. That's what was happening. What what is this happening? And why is? And then you're like, no. What is Jimmy Stewart doing? I Jimmy Stewart is so sweet. He's 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 Mr. Oh, Bailey. Like this. He's Mr. Bailey yeah. from It's a Wonderful Life. He's Mr. Smith from Mr. Smith Goes Why why is he you? We, we like Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And then it's like it leaves you so like uncomfortably ambiguous about like is this gonna 
that it's not like a happy ending. It's like more of like a oh no. I hope they're oh, I hope I don't think that's gonna work out. You know? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, this is one of the movies where I legitimately did not see that twist coming. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, what? And then what's even funnier to me is what I love about like movies that insist on a twist, right? Like they're like, oh, like there's gonna be a twist in this movie. The funniest part of those movies to me, it becomes unintentional comedy, is when like you kind of put the pieces together. You know the scene where they always have to like kind of explain what what has been going on. That is always the best part because it's always the person who's behind this like dastardly plot. It's, it's so elaborate that it's hilarious. You're like, you went to all these lengths, just like it's like mind blowing. That, yeah. So it's, it becomes like, I remember I was watching it just like with my jaw, like a game, like what? all of this. Yeah. All, and then it ends up, where it ends up is even more like, oh my God, this isn't nice. This isn't good. Jimmy Stewart, no. I feel like what kind of makes me still be like, I can watch Hitchcock's films is that a part of it is almost like he's critiquing his own voyeuristic nature of looking at women yes which is funny it's like he's like like, "Ah, i should stop like is this conscious yeah is he consciously knowing that he is doing this like he's being awful towards women and yet like he's showing that kind of that similar grossness in his film like it's very strange to look at we talked about this film in um film class in directing class in um university and yeah i think it's a film that what in a film in a landscape that is kind of like so many films are just like oh you really need to like you need to analyze this film to get it because it's like so deep it's like well here's a film that was doing in like 1958 so suck it you know you, you're not the first one you're not the first yeah. one to do this yeah okay. okay i feel like we're just taking shots at mr vicola now hmm? <laughs> i feel like we're just taking shots at mr vicola now maybe a little bit maybe a little bit maybe a little bit of shots yeah why is it that like all of our picks are kind of like really different but yet intertwined <laughs> like it's just how our brains work man it's how our brains work they're like different films but they all kind of part pair well with each other um what do you have what do you have at your number not not particular well i guess kind of you could say that with this one but i was thinking because we're it's kind of relates what you just said kind of relates to christopher nolan um but or mr for colon Mm -hmm. um yeah my are you done talking about vertigo is that that's that's it it? okay great film Um, Jimmy Stewart's one of my favorite actors. Oh, he's classic. Yeah. Um, the film I'm talking about, um, I'm not going to say too much on just because I find a blind watch. This one goes really, just it goes really far. Uh, but my number three is Mulholland Drive, um, which is definitely one of those movies where you're like, oh, what? <laughs> wow. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a mystery film and i find those work good on rewatch mm. um but it's really the first watch is fun and also not so fun 
Uh, yeah, I've seen, but also not. I've seen scenes of this film. I've never watched the full thing. Okay, Um, I recommend it. And for that reason, I'll spoil it even less because like I said, a blind watch works well when you're like, you're not sure where it's going all the time. Um, But it's definitely, I mean, this is the guy who did Eraserhead. So I haven't seen that either. Oh yeah, no. It's, uh, I don't want to watch that movie another time. Mostly because for some reason, the fact that it's in black and white makes everything like 10 times more disturbing. That doesn't make any sense, but for some reason it does. Like that little lady in the radiator, for some reason really scared me as a kid. She's not doing anything like evil. It's just the imagery of it. Just, it wasn't good for me. Anyways, um, why was I watching that as a kid? Where were my parents? I don't really want to watch Eraserhead now because I'm like, it just seems so creepy and like, ugh. It's not, but that's the thing. It's not really like a horror movie. What's scary about it is 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 kind of just in, in the cinematography and I guess what, what you can take out of the movie is kind of unsettling. But it's not like a, you know, it's not like the thing where it's like purposely trying to like body horror you like ah you know yeah it's just a weird film um but but this film is i don't even know what to compare it to it's uncomparable it's david i'll I'll just i'll just just watch it watch it once and then you'll probably want to watch it again if you've seen it once yeah um it's a good film all the acting is solid um like it's it's well made it's just there's parts of it that again i won't spoil if you've seen it you kind of know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. that i'm like yeah this warrants a second watch because there's plenty of times the first watch where i wasn't sure where i was going with it um and yeah watch it blind try not to like google some people like when it's like a complicated movie people like to like google it before so they can like mm-hmm. No, just kind of like watch it and then then do your research after is how I'd recommend it. No Google for you. No Google for you? No Google. Wait, I don't know if that was, I don't know what ethnicity that was racist to, but I think it was definitely. I feel like it was one of them. One of them. No Google. One of them. <laughs> hey, Babu, what's up? Pick a nickel. Hey, Babu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I won't say anymore, but if you haven't seen it, give it a, give it a watch. And then watch it again, because that's the list that we're doing. Hmm. Watch it again. That's the list. All right. Number two, coming right at you, right after these messages. Um, thank you to our, to our sponsor, Christopher Nolan, um, for... <laughs> us out here not that we haven't trash talked him all the time you know yeah you know what i th- i think i think i haven't talked trash talk with you i like chris i know he's he's probably I love chris nolan yeah bro like right now i'm the director's working right now he's in my top five easy maybe. carson's like well i wouldn't say that i won't say that yeah carson's oh, like, well, maybe top 200 maybe yeah, no, yeah. Right. Go. Stop. Um, He's, we're never gonna work in Hollywood because of you. Well, I'm gonna speak. My Actually, mind. me too. I could 
I contribute as well with my with my review of Loki. Um, we're, right. we're in it together, buddy. We've blackballed ourselves. This means like, give me <laughs> Spencer Fleming. Yeah, I may be. shall destroy him. I may be assassinated by by the mouse, and Christopher Nolan's gonna send the protagonist for you. Oh yeah, I'll we're we're through, buddy boy. I'd love to meet John David Washington. Yeah, that would be fun. Be like, I loved you and Milk and Marie as I die. I love how you <laughs> that mac and cheese. That's like that. Please eat mac and cheese for me. Like knives. Um. And then and then it becomes a crossover film. Yeah, I'm not sure how my number two is gonna work. What it what is your number two? Because I can't talk about it. Oh, it's okay. Oh, is it Fight Club? It's Fight Club. Oh, I, I got that too late. I was like, uh, I can't talk about Fight Club. Okay, that. Okay, that's that's a zoink, but I I like the pick. It's a good pick, and it's a zoink because I've only seen it once. Oh, I own this bad boy. I've watched it many times, and I've yeah. every time. Just I didn't even. Gone- Going back to the first okay, you time. You want to know why? It. Why why have you only watched once? Because I this is gonna sound like such a stupid reason, but I don't want to see the weird CGI sex scene again. <laughs> That's it's a stupid reason not to watch something. I was like, I, I I don't know. Something about that didn't sit well with me. <laughs> the like CGI freeze frame sex scene that looks like some sort of weird. Google animated slideshow. I was like, I I don't want to see it. Quite weird. But I like the rest of the movie. Mm. Um, it is a weird thing to look at for too long. Um, this film is fantastic. I love just oh, for sure. every time I watch it brings brings me back to when I first watched it as an angsty teen, being like, oh, it's so dark. Yeah. Oh, this is a, each this other is up. A good angsty, this is a good angsty teen movie for sure. Really good angsty teen movie. Um, and Edward Norton is great. Helen Bottom Cotter is great. The great Brad Pitt is great. <laughs> the great Brad Pitt is great. Sounds like we're in a cult. The great Brad, Brad Pitt is great. Hey, old counselor. Brad Pitt, it's weird. Because he's like almost underrated as an actor. He almost is. Like he's two steps away from it. I think it's because... Um, he didn't get credit when he was really popping off because he was pretty. Mm-hmm. And now that he's older, people are like, oh yeah, he, he's great. But it's like, it was like too little too late. Like you didn't say that when he was acting his ass off throughout the 90s. Like in this, in Seven, in 12 Monkeys, in yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, directed by David Fincher. Um, yeah. Based on a Chuck, Chuck Bala How do you how how the heck do you pronounce that? Chuck Balanuk? What? Chuck Balanuk. Oh. Chuck Balanuk. Chuck Balanuk. Chuck Balanuk novel. Um it yeah, directed by I already said David Fincher. Came out in 1999. Oh, fantastic year for film. Fantastic. Yeah. 
I um, agree. And it's about Edward Norton's character, who is like, has these long rants about his, how he's so done with life and consumer culture and like the pressures of like being uh, like being successful and all. Anti, anti society, anti, you know, all the shit that you, you, you wrote about while you were listening to Hoobastank back in the early 2000s. Um, yeah. And he meets this great soap maker called Tyler Durden. Um, yeah. Oh, also he meets a fat guy with big boobs. Also, he meets Bob. Bob yeah. played by. He's Bob played by. Um, oh, it's Meatloaf. Yes. Played by Meatloaf. I forgot about that. Um, great music man and. <laughs> great music man. That's, um, <laughs> I like instead of musician, great music man. Great music man. Um, well, I don't know if you played any instruments huh? or if you just like. I'm not, I'm not sure if he just sang or played instruments. I never saw him live. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Wait, what are you, his biographer? You don't have to. No, I don't need to know this stuff. Um, But it has one of the best twists in all of film. To the point where you probably know it even if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah, you probably know it even. Though, I'm not going to say it here. No. It was spoiled for for me i'm not sure if it was before i watched it i can't remember but like i want to watch it so many times to see that to see another layer of like okay that's what's actually happening in the scene just to see what's actually happening in each scene yeah and it's pretty clear to see on the second watch so it's good in that way it's pretty clear to be like okay that's what's actually happening. It's not like, oh, well, how would that work? How would this work? And you have to be like, is this a metaphor? It's it's really just like pretty, it's pretty clear on the second well, viewing. The thing is, it's actually so, it's so, it works so well because it's right in front of your face. Like the, yes. even on the first watch, you're just not looking for it. Yeah. Like it's so, it's so clear to the point where there's even like, single frames spliced into the movie of like just like Tyler Durden will pop up mm-hmm. and you're like huh which ties into a thing that he says in the movie about splicing frames into a movie because he works mm-hmm. at a movie like the whole thing is like pretty obvious yeah it's pretty obvious but the film like carries you like a baby through it and you're just like oh what a great angsty film I'm watching oh yeah there's a great film and then you're like Wait, what? Wait a second. Yeah, you do the classic what? spin in your... Whoop. Wait, I just spinned away from the camera. Wait, hold on. It looks like this. What? There exactly. Um, it's very, very good. Great film. Go watch it. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. My goodness. For Brad Pitt's abs alone. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt shirtless in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Edward Norton is too, if you like that. And um, if you really hate his Joker, you know, Jared Leto gets the crappy now. So, yeah. I wanted to break something beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, I only I haven't even told the plot. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then they start a fight club together where like men come and beat each other up and it kind of like turns into something different and you're like something about project mayhem and you're like yeah this is this is terrorism but you know it's good <laughs> this is domestic terrorism yeah no what's funny is like I knew what happened in the movie before I watched the movie. Um, and for some reason, without watching the movie, I thought that that idea was stupid. I was like, ah, it's too far. Like, why Why does it have to, you know, be domestic terror? And then... You're stupid. Yeah, then I watched it, and I was like, oh, no, that works. With your feet on the air and your head on the ground. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, which, if you haven't seen the movie, you're probably like, why are you singing that song? Side note. Yeah. You know AEW, the wrestling promotion I watch, right? Yeah, of course. There's this guy on it called Orange Cassidy. And he's oh, literally yeah. just like a sloth. He's like, he doesn't really... He, he's coming in. He, he hails from wherever... Wayne, whatever, like he, he's like a total, like doesn't care, kind of like a stoner type of guy. And they just changed his theme music to the song, and it's so perfect. That's pretty fresh. It's pretty fresh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, so good. Um. Anyway, what is your numero dos? Uh, it's also an angsty teen movie from a similar period of time. What? Yeah, mine is Donnie Darko. Oh, why are you wearing that that weird bunny costume? <laughs> why are you wearing that weird bunny mask? Isn't it named the bunny's name like Frank? <laughs> That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for the answer. Why are you wearing that weird human mask? Sorry. Oh. Although that is that is quite a. I didn't understand it. I thought you were just quoting the movie. Oh. Um, also, bit of a bit of a pretty 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 good line there. Um, <laughs> that's so angsty. Imagine like if a if a kid like on Halloween like someone was like, "Oh, why are you wearing that like I don't know like mask or whatever," and then the kid looks at the adult and goes, "Are you wearing that human mask?" I think if I was that adult, I would like shit myself and move to Kansas instantly. I'd be like, oh, I need to leave this city. Okay. Uh, um, that's what you're telling me, kid. Yeah, but no, this movie <clears throat> is such a weird watch because it feel when it starts, it feels like it shouldn't be a convoluted movie. And then it becomes one. It's there's like different like timelines and a bunny that predicts the end of the world and like it's like what i feel like this is gonna be the next marvel film i'm telling you oh probably probably. donnie darko is just gonna be weaved into the marvel cinematic universe. oh yeah for sure well he is a superhero yes that's true which is like why do you think you're a superhero or something how do you know i'm not (laughs) good good teenager lines boys um lines. yeah okay but you know what's weird this movie is kind of depressing 
It's very depressing. Like the ending is really just kind of like, oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Just kind of, I, I guess I can't spoil it. But yeah, no. This is a movie that, again, like all, all the movies on my list aren't like, oh, I've never heard of these movies. But this one in particular is fun on a second watch because I guarantee you, if you without like researching, you are going to be confused. You will be confuzzled. You were going to be. Confused. And then, yeah, you will be confuzzled. And then, so I, here's how I recommend you watch it, right? Go in, watch the movie. You will say what the hell about three times. I could probably tell you the exact points in time when you say, we'll say what the hell. Um, then what you're going to, also there's, okay, one complaint, okay, that you're going to have to get past the fact that there's 2003 CGI in this. Um, yeah. Well, so just, just accept that. So, Oh, is it? It's 2001. It so if it, if it has 2003 CGI, good on them. Damn, okay, even earlier then. 2001 CGI. There's there's a weird, clear water tentacle thing that is going to look really bad, and there's a couple of visual effects that you're going to be like, this is not good. Um, but keep in mind that it was, it's a product of its time a little bit. Um, it's a nice nostalgia trip. To, <laughs> it's like, you know what it's like? It's like if someone hijacked like Disney, like the Disney Channel, mm-hmm. and then like pitched a movie. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this like teen movie about this like teenager, and he like sees a bunny, and Disney was like, cool. And then like the director sneakily just filmed this and then put it on Disney, and then Disney was like, what the hell, Steven? Um, that's not the director's name. I just um, the director is Richard Kelly. Richard and- Kelly. I don't think he made anything else. I thought he like wrote the box, not the song, but like the movie that came out in like two thousand nine. Yep, about he did about a box. It's not good. I um, I'm, I haven't heard of that film, Spencer. Oh, it's 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 a giant piece of box. Um, oh. it's not good, but this movie's good. And yeah, you will be confused. And so the first time, go in, watch it. Aha, okay, this is weird. What the hell? Then do a little research. I'm not saying you have to like write a book on it or anything like that, but you maybe watch a YouTube video or like read Wikipedia or something. Then go in for a second watch. And it's like the second watch, feel, like the first watch feels like you're watching like the idea of a film and the second watch feels like you're watching a film, but both are good. Both experiences are good experiences. Um, this is a link, obviously. There's no yes, link. no, I know. Um, I didn't put this on my list because once I ha- one I haven't seen it twice, and two, the first time I watched it, I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. Like I liked it, like it was okay. Yeah, it was like it was like a not. It didn't blow my socks off or anything. I was like, I don't need to watch this again. <laughs> it's too depressing and it's too it's too angry. it is it is like it, the ending is pretty depressing it like takes the angst of like fight club and then it's like but i want more 
Well, it's like no, it's more. It's less. It's less like size a sham man <laughs> angst, and more like teen angst. Like it's like okay, teen angst. It's like it's like. How do I say this without spoiling it? Do you want to just say skip a minute? Ahead skip of like two seconds. Um, it's more like, do I need to kill myself to save the world? <laughs> like, it's like that much. Quite literally, that is what he does. It's so um, angsty. Like, I'm like, whoa. It's that angsty is- because a, a child kills himself to save the world. But it's also angsty in the fact that, like, the way it's presented is, like, the most depressing shit ever. Like, it's, like, a really slow cover of Mad World is playing while a jet engine falls on a child. Uh, <laughs> it's, hey. Um, Woohoo! Starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Jenna Malone and Maggie Gyllenhaal as well brother sister in this yeah they they played each other's brother and sister and they're brother and sister in real life it's like whoa where does reality stop you know yes all right i think that's enough depressing johnny darko should we get to our number yeah. one yeah let's get to our number one number one number one do your shoulders like this ooh, ooh. do your shoulders like that hey hey Ooh, ooh. I need a little, ooh. Oh, you went hard today. I need okay. a little bit of that after after Donnie Darko. Get a little yeah. shake off the angst. Shake it off. Um, my number one. I've been trashing him this whole. <laughs> huh? I've been trashing this man the whole the whole time. Oh my but god! One of his films is my number one, so you know, he's the best at it. He's the best at it. And it's The Prestige. I said the movie. <laughs> yeah, you did. I said the movie. Dude, you were acting so calm. You were just like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That was good. This well is, done. This is slowly becoming better than Inception in my mind. Oh, yeah. This is like I've watched this like three times. It's so good. The acting is so good. It's about it's one of the two magician movies that came out in 2006 for some reason. Yeah. Um, it was a weird time. It's about these two um, magicians that are warring with each other going to war over who is the best at the magics yes and they go to some dark places to try and like one up each other oh yeah no they they go <laughs> they swing for the fences here they they ruin each other's lives and it's hugh jackman being like i need to be i need to make a better magic thing than him then yeah and it's both kind of like what the heck's going on and the twist is great 
Oh, yeah. The twist is fantastic. Watching it back, being like, oh, what? So, what part? When is when is when 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 do the switches happen? You know? Uh huh. You're like, it was very interesting. And you're like, wait, they have to. Oh. That's bad. That's not good. <laughs> That's not the more good. you think about it, it's like, oh. I don't wow, like this. this. A, yeah. It's a hard life. Hard well, life. They, they, went, they went to some extreme lengths. Yeah. The, um, again, another movie where to reveal, you're like, think of all the like, like, oh my God, it's comical how much <laughs> they had to go through yes. to pull this off. Um. Oh my gosh. Yeah, a it's, really good one. Has a great cast. Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, Piper Brabo. Who? Rebecca Hall. Who the heck does Piper Brabo play? Who the heck does Piper Brabo play? I don't even know. She's in, in I don't remember her in this movie. That's why I asked. David Bowie. Andy Circus. Like, what a great film. And yes, it is. It's directed by Nistu for Colin. Uh huh. A I mean, man who, for some reason, you love, you just love. I love to roast this, this. I man. also I also roast him sometimes, yes. Um, well, I think you. I think we we love him so much that we that we roast him. Yeah, it's because to, he's good that we roast him. I have to roast. I have to roast him to keep my feelings in check. To yeah, keep me from falling in love with him in case he ever disappoints me. I'm. I. I have a bad time. I've. I have trust issues. I cannot trust Chris, Mister for Colin. You just you just opened up your soul to this man. Yeah. I can't open up my soul to him and then have it crush it when he makes a film. That's bad. I'm still going to see his films opening weekend. I don't think... Does he have a bad... Other than, like, the short film that he did, like, the black and white one, does he have one that's, like, considered not that good? I don't know. I need to watch Tenet again to say that, but... Well, I mean, I know people don't like it as much as other movies, but I don't think Tenet's a bad film. I just... Yeah, you know um, I, mean? I know what you mean. But this is the Prestige is a fantastic film. Oh, the Prestige is amazing. Oh my goodness, and the twists and the turns in the plot and the acting and everything—it's one of those movies that fits perfectly together, like Fight Club, like Shawshank Redemption. It fits really perfectly together. Michael Caine's performance just ties it all up in a nice little bow, and it. Truly, I'm not sure if this is like historically accurate or not, but like it shows you the effed up stuff that like people would do to entertain people in the in the in the back in the day. Well, see, I have a theory that this movie is actually kind of about Christopher Nolan. Go on. See, the kind of core of the movie is this this belief. Of like, how far will you go to entertain? But also, 
you know, what they're doing is tricking people. That's what, it's a magic trick, right? Yeah. It's making you believe in something that isn't, even if it's just for like the briefest of moments. Mm-hmm. And if you've done that, then you've succeeded as a magician. If you've done that, you've also succeeded as a filmmaker. I think he's talking about his own obsession. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just an interpretation. I don't know, mm-hmm. Mr. Foucault, when you tell me, baby. Am and I honest? He's always I, making this film with, with... Oh, God. With... with He's always making a film with Johnny Boy Nolan. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just, sorry, I just like pulled the muscle in my back. Um, <laughs> that was a mistake. Um, yeah, there you go. I, I have a conspiracy Wait. theory. Oh, yeah. What if Christopher Nolan really like doesn't know anything about filmmaking? And M. Night Shyamalan <clears throat> is just directing all of his films. They all have, like, simultaneously while directing his own. Yeah, they all have these twists. He was waiting. He was no. he was waiting no. for that his like. Shyamalan directed The Dark Knight, and I refuse to believe that. I'm sorry, I'm not going to believe that. He's always making these films that are really twisty and turny. Has Dude, he has twists. a? You know he has a he has a film out right now. Huh? M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, old. Yes, old. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if I'm gonna watch it. I don't think I'm gonna watch it either. I, it's not not no offense to M Night Shyamalan. I'm I'm not just because he has good movies too. You know, he does. But he's one of the weirdest directors because it could either be an amazing masterpiece, a cool popcorn film, or one of the worst movies you've ever seen in your life. And it's like just roll the dice because it's gonna be one of the three. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not sure if I'd really call any of his films masterpieces, but you know. I like, okay, Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, those are good movies. They're they're really, really good movies. Yeah. Like, you have to have a little something, in my opinion, to be a masterpiece. Okay. I sit here on my high horse of... of Yes, you're like, of all the films that I've made. Of all the films that I've made, yes. Oh, my masterpieces that I've made. My... I cannot make it. Yeah, of course. Indubitably. Yeah, no. Um, but he's uh, made those movies. And then he's also made The Last Airbender and um The Happening. So what he, do I know? You know, like this guy has he's he's versatile. <laughs> yeah. See he can make you laugh at his own film. He can make you cry at his own film. Um both not intentionally. Um <laughs> That guy, that he he can play in a lot of boxes. That's for sure. That's definitely right. Yeah. See, I couldn't even make the happening. Why? I I just couldn't. I'm not. I don't have the skill to probably even make that. You know. Don't don't sell yourself short. I think you can make the happening. Is there to make the happening? I think you could. I think okay. could. everybody go see the happening too coming out next year, directed by me. It's gonna be the happening. <laughs> no, it's ha- the happening, and then happened. <laughs> That's the second one. <laughs> happened. There we go. Happened. Um, no, yeah. Don't sell yourself short. We're getting a little bit off the rails here. What is yeah. your number one? Uh, my number one. I could have picked, and I'm surprised this writer slash director is not on your list. I could have picked pretty much 
any movie from his catalog. Um, but I think this one is the, the one that takes the most dissecting and is up for the most interpretation. Um, I'm talking about, I don't think you've seen this film, but I'm talking about Synecdoche, New York by Charlie Kaufman. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay. I really like this film. Uh huh. And it's a weird. Okay. I'm going to help you out because I feel like a lot of people haven't seen this film. You listening at home, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to get you started with what you're still going to, there's still going to be shit where you're like, what? But I'm going to get you started, okay, when you're watching this film because I wasn't in love with this film right away because I was so confused. Um, Let me help you with something here. Time in this movie is not what you think it is. Mm. The opening scene is going to look, this is just, I'm literally helping you with the opening, okay? If you can get over this hump, then I think it'll help you get into the movie. The opening of this scene, scene, sorry, the opening of this movie, this opening scene of this movie will appear to you as if it's taking place in one morning. Mm -hmm. Look closer. Listen to the radio, the TV, look at the newspapers. That's all I'm going to say. Be an observant viewer and you will get the most out of this movie. Uh, Um, But you could see, but I also could have put like, I'm thinking of ending things or- I don't want to watch that twice. Why? Because it's depressing? It's just like depressing and like- So is this movie. It's like, well, this one is okay. It's beautiful. I could have put Tenon on here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to put Tenon on here because I haven't watched it twice. Right. And I, 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 it's not one thing. Like, when I end thinking of any things, I'm like, I do not need to watch this twice. Because I don't think I'm going to be satisfied with the result either way. <laughs> I, I didn't that. like the film. I thought it was very like interesting filmmaking and stuff like that. But yeah. it just wasn't. It wasn't for me. It wasn't your cup of tea. Yeah. But this one. This one is my cup of tea. Well, it's so. It's, it's philosophical in many ways. I like the fact that it's like, um, there's a lot of themes about the end being built into the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whether it be from um, his wife, like coughing, like her first presence on screen is her coughing and then what ends up happening to her. Like the whole thing, it's so well thought out. Mm-hmm. And the more I watch it, the more I'm like, holy that leads into this and this leads into this and this means this again but it's also the most like the movie that's up for the most interpretation like i think it's it's called like it's the movie that's about you mm-hmm. it's about it could be about what you are going through at that time it will fit that somehow it's the most like flexible narrative yeah. i've seen and it's so like the attention to detail is so immaculate like it's so the minutiae of every little thing, whether it be production design or like the most like weird offhanded comment or line means like the most. It's 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 so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my I think it's my. I don't know. I don't know. It goes back and forth whether I like like this or Eternal Sunshine more. You know. Oh, the Charlie Charlie Kaufman films. Yeah, 
Um, I rewatched Being John Malkovich the other day. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun movie. That's a weird. Uh, the it's yeah, that's a weird movie. It's weird, but it it becomes funny because of the fact that they actually got John Malkovich in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's. I don't know how they pulled that off. And then what's funny is an adaptation. It's like, <laughs> it's a connected universe. Because an adaptation, Kaufman just wrote that movie. Mm-hmm. And they're like filming the, the scene with like the Malkovich, Malkovich in the movie of Adam to Adam. Yeah. Every movie he makes. Okay, I like, so I like that. And I also really like uh, Anomalisa. I haven't seen that. Oh, you should. It's very well done. That's the one I haven't seen. It's very well done. For an animated movie, it probably feels the most human. Um, wow. Yeah. I was watching Significant New York in my um, in high school. Yeah. At my high school. In the film classroom. Um, as like a little after school like film club thing. Hashtag like it was like a hashtag, not a film club, but it was a film club. Um, yeah. We watch films and watch this. And I remember leaving with this really like emotional, like just a really emotional aftertaste of the film where it was just like this, a story about a lot about how life can feel sometimes. Yeah. And um, my t- my teacher, like, rise and finish, she was like, you don't even understand, man. You need to watch that when you're, when you're old. It's going to hit you so hard. I, mean, I know. It's, like, oh. it's, as a young person, as a young person, it was like, uh, it was kind of like I, like, I understood what it was about. And I, I felt it, but it wasn't really like a, like, oh i get it mm-hmm. you know it was like a oh i will get it like even like i know that it's going to be mean more to me as i get older and that's cool because like from the first time i've seen it to now which in the grand scheme of things isn't that long of a period of time i'm already like oh yeah to the point where i'm like holy shit has it been that long since i've seen this movie and, and then i'm like ah like it's like, it hurts your brain um I don't know, man. This this movie is genius, and it's definitely one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have this another one I have on DVD. I'm gonna go watch that again. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm probably gonna buy it on DVD at some point. But. Yeah, I would say this is a good like. I'm not saying you should watch it right after. I say watch this, maybe do some research on it, and then come back to it like five years later, and see like the the point that the movie's making. It's kind of both beautiful and horrifying at the same time. Has it been a year? Since what? I mean, has it been five years since I watched it? I think it's like, I, I think it's been, I think it's been like three and a half or four. Right. Well, so what you're, I still have a little bit to go until I watch it again. Well, you're like 21 now, let's say. 20, 20 going on 21. And I was probably like, 17. Okay, so about four years. Yeah. About four years. Yeah, that's that's an acceptable 
acceptable amount of time. Todd, I think it's time for a rewatch. Good time for a rewatch. All right. Bye, guys. I'm going to go watch it. Um, <laughs> for, thanks for watching. Um, I want, also wanted to talk about something for a little bit. Well, not for a little bit, but like like a little, not like a babble, but like, you know. Um, I was driving. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the radio, and it was talking about how they're apparently going to spend like like $300 million on a new trilogy of exorcist films what but that that wasn't what got me i was listening to this lady talk on the radio being like oh yeah and then it was like um yeah and the exorcist was like back in the 70s so it yeah it was way slower than the movies of today and i was like i was like (laughs) wait a second what do you mean and then she was like oh and you know it's kind of weird because you know like low budget horror films are the best horror films like the blair witch and the paranormal activities that have like scared a generation and stuff and like what do you mean? What do you mean? So, like, some of those, like, shaky cam, have found footage movies have been some of the slowest things. Blair Witch Project is barely a horror movie for most of the movie. Yeah. There's mostly just people hanging out in a forest. Like, it's, it's not, it's not that, uh... Like, The Exorcist... Is a well-paced horror. The the thing about The Exorcist is it's not really that slow. No. What when watching that movie, I wasn't like smooth, a little slow. No. No, I was like, it's a girl walking backwards down the stairs. I I don't know what. <laughs> what more do you want from a horror movie? Like the, this, there's a girl, like telling it's... things about people's mothers in hell. Like it's yeah. It's, it wasn't. I wasn't like. Uh, this is a bit of a slow burn here. No! no. And I was like, who, what, if people are watching this and they're hesitant to watch old films because they think the pacing is going to be bad. It is not. Sure, like, I know some people who are like, if a film is made, like, before the 2000s, I just can't watch it because it looks so old. But like seriously, just watch, watch these old films. Let let it just wash over you, and it it will be some of the best films you've ever watched. Here's here's what I think. Okay, because I, I hear what you're saying. I don't think I don't know people to say that. I'm like I don't. Know, but but you're okay to watch like a movie that takes place in that time period. You just want to look. Like it was shot now. It's like, well, what about a movie that actually came out in that time period and looks like it's from that time period because it is that time period? Like, why? But anyways, I digress. Um, I don't think the Exorcist movies, like them being remade, is a bad idea because it's going to be too slow for modern audiences. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, some of the most successful horror films are slow. Um, that came out recently. You know, yeah. like like The Witch. The Witch, 
um, Midsummer isn't exactly moving at breakneck speed either. Um, yeah. Which I, I don't think you've seen. Um, no, I'm, I have no plan. No, but the first bit of that movie is literally just kind of, oh, they're going to this place because something horrible happened mm-hmm. to the main character, mm-hmm. um, which I won't spoil. But yeah, like that doesn't mean, I think it's a bad idea because those movies, that, that, sorry, not those movies, but The Exorcist was most effective, I think, in the time period it came out because of the audience of that time period. We're slowly moving away from um, a religious kind of zeitgeist of society and we're moving into like this kind of individualism, which is also turning into like these, every, everyone's in kind of like a group and religion is becoming less important in society that was like uh, the people who were scared of that movie come from a god-fearing generation mm-hmm. to scare people now it's less about um the antichrist i think i don't think that's as scary as it used to be i think it's it's more so humanity that's scaring people now at least what i'm seeing from like horror movies that are successful um i don't know how scary a little girl possessed by the devil is anymore. Also mm-hmm. consider why is the devil possessing little girls, bro? Why don't you possess like some buff ass dude? Like why are you possessing a 12 year old girl? If the devil was in a 12 year old girl, girl's body, it's like, I'm going to kill you. I'd just be like, yeah, push kick down the stairs. Well, um, it's also about like the tainting something pure. I get it. But, but and I like feel the... like, oh yeah, yeah. I think not to get biblical <laughs> we'll do it hit, hit me with some some, some biblical it's almost like a lot of the times where it's like the antichrist is kind of talked about in the bible it's more yeah. talked about like earthly things mm-hmm. you know earthly things are more like the things of, so like humankind in a way is kind of like the can if they go bad yeah, they can be the antichrist, you know. Well, it's yeah, because we, I think we are closer to imperfection than perfection. It's but I do, I do understand what you're saying. It's not really like the. It it doesn't really. It's not like the biggest thing in the world anymore. That it's like, the the, church and the government have to be one, and like the, everyone has to be of a same mind religion and like everybody has to to think the same way unless they want to be like shunned from society it's more open to more ways of thinking and not just western society ways of thinking it's more open like we're talking about with blade runner it's the integration of other cultures of other cultures and beliefs um maybe not and i'm that's generally because i'm not saying it's like that everywhere we're, we're all so accepting now i mean you know yeah. I, there's there's still a lot of red sure. states here i'm not saying it's like that everywhere but i feel like it, to scare like a large it will scare people but i'm not saying it will scare everyone anymore you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because there's some people that don't necessarily find that scared at the time that was released the majority of the world would have found that an unsettling thought and now it's like oh there's different so i feel like instead of remaking the exorcist why don't we come up with the exorcist of this decade like make a movie 
that impacts the world like The Exorcist did, but it's an original idea. I don't know, just a thought. What I'm trying to say is, can we stop recycling? We're running out of things to recycle. We had Space Jam 2 this year. Can we get some new ideas? We have a sequel. Jordan's frozen. The Space Jam police has come in. Oh wait, are you are you back? Hello? Yeah, I'm back. All right, what are we saying about Space Jam? Yeah, no, we have a movie that is a sequel to a movie that was literally just a, a marketing tool. It was a commercial. It was a, it was an hour and a half long commercial and they made a sequel to it. Yeah. I think we need some fresh ideas. Yeah. I feel Please. like, I feel like Space Jam was just to collide with another LeBron James final, final run, you know, him in the finals of the NBA, him in the NBA he, finals. He, but not in the finals of the NBA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it's kind of like, hmm, that kind of, that kind of. He's not in the finals of the NBA, but he's in the final film I'm going to see before I blow my brains out because I, I want a fresh idea for Christ's sakes. Is it too much to ask? Yeah. Um, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, fresh ideas. I think there are, there was already the exorcist of this generation. With what? With hereditary. Hereditary. Ah, I feel like that is probably, and the funny thing is that one mm -hmm. is kind of about. It has religious undertones, but I think the the thing that scared people most about that movie wasn't necessarily like the possession aspect. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think the most unsettling thing about that movie is is the idea of of loss of free will. Um, as oh, in that everything yeah. is like what and what is going to happen is going to happen. You can't stop that. That's kind of a, a horrifying thought. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, it's a new. It's not necessarily the same thought as The Exorcist, which is my point. It's a new idea. Mm -hmm. Get some new ideas, and I yeah, I also think like it might be like the the people that you know, the people that you trust coming to get you yeah that's a scary thought that's about, that's what the, let's not talk about that film i don't like talking about the okay king okay when you watch yeah. midsummer if i promise you that it's not as scary as hereditary no roxanne has already has already okay. watched it for me it's she told me not to watch it it's not I'm not gonna watch it's, it. it's really not as scary though it's more i get it's kind of it's a little weirder, maybe, but it's not. It's not like a horror film for most of it. It just kind of goes sour the last leg. That's the same thing they have with the writer. No, the freaking head gets flown off like a quarter into the movie. I'm not going to watch it, Spencer. I'm sorry. Will you watch the next Ari Aster movie? No. Or are you just done? You're just I'm done. done. I'm so I've that, tapped on out this that. channel, I'm gonna have to review them by myself. Yes. Or you know what? We'll, we'll get Roxanne. I'm not sure if Midsummer kind of did her in. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want to know something funny? What? Camille said that was her comfort movie. You two are going to have a great time living together. You're going to just like, yeah. it's going to be like, the, just going to be Ari Aster movies. Just Ari. right before you go to bed, just Aria, like, and then and then you sleep like a baby oh. because you're just then, yeah. 
Uh, have a great sleep now. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh! I love seeing a family murdered in the flaming body of the Antichrist in a treehouse. Good night. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That sounds right. All right. That's, that's about it. Yep. Let's hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. You've been listening to Babylon with the boys. My name is Spencer Chef. Off screen, we just talked about two horror movies, and now I feel dour. Um, <laughs> so, as well. yeah, so go watch these movies that we just suggested to you if you haven't seen them already, um, because they're they're good. And then watch them again, because that's what the name of the video says for right. you to do. I'm Carl Gervais. Um, I'm going to go watch some happy, happy stuff to yeah. make me feel better inside. Because, you know, I don't like scary movies. But I do like good scary movies that aren't, like, too scary. They're just, like, a little bit of spook. I like a little bit of the spooks, but not, like, so much of the spooks that I like I can't sleep. You like The Thing. And, I like, like thing. Alien. The Thing. I like They Live. I like Alien. I like... Yeah. You I like creature like features. I also like um, Insidious is also pretty good. Oh, is that the one with the kid? I guess that's every yeah. horror movie. That is the one with the kid, yeah, yeah. I just realized that that's the description of every horror movie. And the Darth Maul looking fella. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, but yeah, hope you have a good week. Hope you re-watch some movies. Hope you watch some new movies and then watch them again. Um, that's the vibe, yeah. You know, until next time, you know what to do. Stay. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Stay special.